Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. Well, good morning, everyone. Everybody doing okay this morning? God is so good. I tell you, you know, um, while we were worshiping God, his presence began to meet us in a very significant way. And I believe he's going to continue to move in this service. So we just want you to prepare your hearts to receive all that God has for you. And before we pray, I want to share a verse of scripture. This just came to me this past week, thinking about the call of God upon my life and me endeavoring to, to serve the purpose of God for this generation. And I believe in, in regards to the leadership of this church and those that are engaged and involved, this is what's our heart. And it's found in Jeremiah 3.15. Jeremiah 3.15 says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Before I began pastoring, that verse became a revelation to me. And it's been my desire all these years to be a pastor or a shepherd after the heart of God. And a shepherd after the heart of God is going to seek God to also lead others to develop a heart after him, amen? And so that's, that's my focus uh, as a pastor, you know? So I'm, I'm glad that you're here today. We welcome our online family. Those that are here today, I believe God is going to minister to you in a very significant way. Are you ready to receive the word? Okay, well... Uh, last week, Pastor Deb started us out in a brand new series entitled, In His Presence. And she talked particularly about the path of life. And we're going to look at that verse in, um, in a moment, in Psalm 1611. You can find your place there in your Bibles um, or your device that you are sharing or joining with us on. So let's join our faith together as we pray. And as we pray this morning... We want to be mindful of the miracle earthquake that uh, happened yesterday. And the count I heard last night was there's more than 2,000 that have died in that earthquake. So we just want to pray that God will meet the people that are now trying to search those that are buried in rubble and uh, for this whole relief effort. Let's join our faith together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to approach the throne of your grace and to make our requests known. And as we approach you today, Lord God, we, we lift up Morocco and those that have been affected by this earthquake. We just pray for a relief effort. We pray that what the enemy has meant for evil, you will work for good. We thank you for life-saving measures for those that are injured and afflicted. And we just pray, Father, Father for a recovery effort in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for the opportunity today to stand before this congregation and to minister your word. Thank you, Father, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to enable me to declare the truth, Father, that can bring revelation and understanding to the hearts and minds of your people. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so glad that you're here today. No amen for that? <laughs> I'm really glad that you're here today. You know, I tell you, it's um, the heart of the leadership of this church to really pour into you, to build you up, and to encourage you in the calling of God that's upon your, your life. And so if you have Psalms 1611, uh, it's going to be on a slide behind me as well. I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. 
It declares, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, this particular verse was written by King David, the psalmist. And King David was a man who encountered God's presence in his life. And I believe every one of us can encounter God's presence in our lives. Do you believe that? Many of you have. But maybe you're here today and you really haven't encountered the presence of God. Well, I I believe God is going to do something here today uh, for those that may have never encountered the presence of God. Uh, It's interesting. uh, He declared, you make known to me the path of life. Uh, Pastor Deb addressed this topic last week. See, you can set your own path of life. You can determine your own course. But if you fail to involve God in that process, you're going to live an unfulfilled life. Amen? You're not going to achieve what God's designed and destined for you to achieve in this life. Because each of you have a purpose that is God-given that we need to discover and uh, see fulfilled in our lives. Um, You can set your own path and you can ask God to bless your path But if you get that path from the Lord, it's already blessed. Amen. It's pre-blessed. Are you looking for God's direction this morning? I believe many of you are. And I believe that God is wanting to make known the path of life that he's determined for you. So what is fullness of joy? What what is that about? Uh, What does that mean? Because in your presence, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. It's understanding that in the presence of God, there's joy. Um, And joy is actually an inward strength that sustains us and is independent of the circumstances that are happening around us. See, happiness is interesting because it refers to happenings. It's circumstantial. It's it's what's happening around you. But joy is a fruit of the Spirit that's internal that God imparts to us to sustain us in the most troubling times of our life. And so uh, happiness... Uh, I don't want to be happy. I want to be filled with joy. Because joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength, as the scripture says in Nehemiah 8.10. Now, David understood that true joy didn't rely upon outward circumstances that he faced in his daily life. And David went through some real hefty trials, right? Uh, He had some challenges in his life. But yet he understood the presence of God And with God's presence, there was joy that sustained him. That's why David could say, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. See, there's nothing too big uh, for for him to conquer, for God to conquer, uh, and nothing that's too small that he doesn't care about concerning your life. And the songs we sang today, I believe, are inspiring faith in this auditorium so that you can believe God and receive what he has for you. See, God and his presence will always be with us. Can you say amen? Uh, Now, now you can be happy as well as being full of joy. So we're not trying to dismiss happiness in your life, okay? Uh, Are you happy today? You know? Okay, that's good. But most importantly, you need to be filled with joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's no greater joy than living in his presence. 
If you're taking notes, you might want to write that down. And the truth is, you can be attending church, you can even pray, and you can even read your Bible and still not experience the presence of God. Uh, God wants us to live in his presence. I believe that's important. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 8, I love this verse because it's a challenging verse. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. See, you determine the level of your relationship with God. God doesn't. You see people like Billy Graham who went all out for God. You know, he made the determination to draw near to God. You need to make the determination to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You are the one who determines how close you are to God. Right? Do you believe that? You determine the level of your relationship with him and his intimacy. Today's message, we're going to specifically be talking about in his presence, there's times of refreshing. And so if you want to turn with me to Acts chapter 3, verses 19 through 21, we'll look at this. And, and let me tell you this, it's hard for God to speak to you through a closed Bible. You need to get in the Word because God will speak to you through the Scriptures. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. And so if you don't have a Bible, uh, we can help you out. We have some that we can give away or provide for you. But I believe it's important for you to have a copy of God's Word. So if you found your place in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, we'll start there. It says, Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. Now, this is the discourse of, of Peter's message. Um, and this was after the day of Pentecost. And there were a number of people that got saved through this message and came to Christ. But he made this declaration, Repent, therefore, and turn back. Repentance simply is an about-face. It's turning from one direction to another. It's turning from sin to Jesus. It's turning from bondage to freedom. Repentance is a change of heart. It's a change of mind. It's a change of direction. And in verse 20, so repentance, let me refer to verse 19 again. It says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. God wants to blot out your sins. He wants to wipe them out. I tell you what, that is such a beautiful thing, if you can grasp it. That God wants to blot out your sin as if it never happened. Okay, just think about that for a moment. Verse 20 goes on to say, as a result of repentance, in God forgiving you of your sins, blotting them out, it says that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. God wants you to have times of refreshment in his presence. We need that, I believe, every day of our life. It goes on to say that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Now, we're going to stop right there for a moment because many people refer to this as the return of Christ, the second coming, which it applies to that. But it also applies to sending Jesus to you in the moment of your need. Jesus wants to show up in your life. He wants to be there for you and manifest his presence to make a difference. And uh, so that he may send Jesus appointed for you. And then verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoration of all things 
about which God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets long ago. So these times of refreshing are actually bringing restoration to broken and hurting humanity. Lives that have been devastated by sin and its bondage can now find restoration. God, I believe, is doing a restorative work in his people, restoring us from the the bad memories, the the issues where we were uh, messed up in our thinking, where we had fallen into sin, to addictions and bondages. Jesus wants to set you free. Do you believe that? He wants to bring that freedom and restore you to a whole person. God's committed to restoring your life. Amen. And he's made that available through the work of the new birth. There's an instantaneous miracle that takes place where you become a new creature in Christ. And old things pass away and all things become new. All right? Um, Receiving forgiveness is required before you can experience times of refreshing. So maybe let's take a moment right now and just bow your head and say, Lord, if there's issues that you know you've done wrong, you've messed up, just take a moment and ask God to forgive you. Receive the forgiveness that he has for you. Thank you, Father, for forgiving us of anything that we've done in word or deed that's offensive to you or your word. We receive and appropriate that forgiveness in our life. And now, Father, we thank you for a time of refreshing. In Jesus' name. Now, question. How many of you want to be refreshed? Oh, yeah, we, we need that. That's why we go on vacation. But have you ever noticed coming back from a vacation, you need another vacation? <laughs> you, know, you need to be refreshed from, you know, all the, you know. And some, sometimes when we go on vacation, we don't like to schedule anything. We just want to veg out, you know, just not do anything. Of course, you know, if you've been to some places, you may have seen all the sites. Um, but sometimes it's just good to do nothing. And that's hard for me. And Deb will attest to that. Because as soon as I get home, I'm, I'm doing something. something. And she likes to sit down and just relax a little bit after the long day. But I, I'm busy doing things right away. And she always after me, Matt, you need to just take it easy. Why don't you just sit down and rest? And so I'm disciplining myself to do that. Because I'm always thinking of what needs to be done. But guess what? Um, sometimes some things can wait. You know, And you don't have to try to get everything done in one day. There's always tomorrow, right? And, and less, uh, well, we won't go there. Anyway, um, discovering his presence is a constant source of refreshing when you discover his presence. Times of refreshing come through repentance and getting in his presence. And that's the joy. We can get in his presence. And it's, it's available for all of us. It's attainable for all of us. The Greek word rendered refreshing in this particular passage denotes any kind of refreshment as rest or deliverance from evils of any kind. So refreshing carries more to it than just being refreshed. Now, uh, that, that's Albert Barnes' uh, dictionary, he, or his, his uh, little study there. He, he, I'm quoting from him uh, on his notes of the Bible. But refreshment, he declared, can be likened to cool, pristine water on a hot day. That does not feel good. You know, growing up, I used to bale hay. We'd make hay. And we didn't have the, the, you know, baler that just shot the bales into the wagon. We had to take the bales from the baler and stack them on the wagon. And I can remember 
Sometimes just getting a cool, refreshing drink of water after loading a load of hay and how much of a difference that made in my life. And so I, you know, how many of you can relate to that? Just getting a cool, refreshing drink after like a hot, hard, long day. Anybody? Okay, yeah, okay. So just making sure you can relate with me up here. Okay, all right. Um, When Peter made this statement to his listeners in Jerusalem, the people could quickly relate to his words. And it captured their attention. Now, there's three significant things about the presence of God that I want to share with you today. And, of course, uh, we need to define what is his presence. What is his presence? That could mean different things to different people. But what does it mean to be in the presence of God? In fact, um, God is omnipresent. But I'm talking about something beyond his omnipresence his, but I'm talking about his manifest presence today. And so in Psalms 21.6, it says, For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. God will make you glad with the joy of his presence. See, you may be coming to church, reading his Bible, your Bible, as I said, but not living or experiencing his presence. The first significant thing that we need to know about God's presence is he is omnipresent. What does that mean? Uh, He's everywhere. His presence is everywhere. Um, And now Psalms 139.7 declares, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? In that sense, because God's everywhere all the time, we can't ever get out of his presence. But his omnipresence is just one element of his presence. Um, Only a fool denies the existence of God. And I have a Bible on that, okay? Um, uh, By by the Bible's declaration, only a fool denies the existence of God. To deny that God exists is to deny his presence. Psalms 14.1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Now, sometimes it's, it's fun. I, I like to do this with the kids at the Bible class in the high school. Um, I said, did, did you know the Bible says there is no God? And they go, what? The Bible says there is no God? Yeah, it says there is no God. But if you take that out of context, then you can change the narrative. But if you keep it in context, the word says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, Okay. Uh, another reference we see there for that is Psalms 53.1. It says the same thing. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Now the second significant thing we need to know about his presence is the inner presence of God. It's when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And that's significant. Now, have you ever word, heard the word enthusiasm or being enthusiastic? To be Enthusiastic is to have enthusiasm to be God-inside-minded or to be full of God. That's the essential meaning of that word. Enthusiasm is a word that is built deeply into the victorious spirit of humanity. The word enthusiasm is derived from two Greek words, en and theos, which means God-inside. And... um, So enthusiasm literally means in its root concept, full of God. 
And maybe that's why enthusiastic people are so creative and joyful, right? But when you think about, are you enthusiastic? That means you're God-inside-minded. Now, the world has taken that word and used it in different ways. But when we look at it in the context of Christianity, uh, for believers, it means to have a revelation that God is inside. And see, we need to have that. Because, you know, if you know that God is inside you, you're going to maybe stop some of the things you're doing. Because you're carrying his presence wherever you go as a believer. Um, we are carriers of his presence. Uh, you can write this down, but you can look at it on the screen with me. 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Do you not know that? As a believer, do you not know that you are God's temple? You know, in the Old Testament, they had a tabernacle in the wilderness. That kind of inhabited or inhabited the presence of God. And then in Solomon's day, they built this physical building that was called the temple. But you know what? The Spirit of God is not in the physical temple anymore. He's in us. He's in those who've received him. And, and so I like to call it this way. We're porter temples, right? We're portable. We can move here and there, wherever we go. <laughs> We're temples of God. <laughs> okay, some of you, when you get home, you'll figure that one out. <laughs> yes, okay. And John 14, 17, the second part of that verse there, says, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And Jesus here was speaking of the Holy Spirit. And they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. But he said, so you know him. You've seen how the Spirit of God has been working uh, through the ministry of Jesus. But then he said, he will be in you. That's significant. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, 26 and 27. Colossians 1, 26 and 27. And it starts out in 26 as the mystery hidden for gen ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. Now, what's a saint? You know, I used to think that I had to be dead a few hundred years and then somebody would say, okay, he lived a good life. Let's make him a saint. No, uh, saints are alive and well on the earth today because in the biblical context, it calls us saints. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, you're a saint. <laughs> that is if you're a believer in Christ, right? Uh, so you don't have to die to become a saint, okay? All you have to do is receive Jesus. Now, the mystery spoken of here was the revelation of the indwelling Christ, okay? And verse 27 says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. When I realize that Christ lives in me, that changes the way I think. That changes the way I act. And see, there's a calling on our life. And that calling is to be Christ-like. Uh, I believe it's the greatest calling in all of our lives in uh, actually, it's, you can write the scripture down, but Romans 8, 29 says we're supposed to be, we're, or we're called to be conformed to the image of Christ, to be Christ-like. In other words, if he's living in us, he wants to live through us. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 2, 20 uh, said, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live by faith, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. That's Galatians 2.28. I didn't have that on a slide for you. I threw that in. That's a bonus. Okay. Anyway, 
Uh, are you ready for the third significant thing we need to know about God's presence? Is that it's knowing his manifest presence. It's experiencing his manifest presence. And it's important to understand that the Bible emphasizes God's manifested presence, not only his omnipresence. There's a difference between saying God is everywhere and saying God is here, okay? The former is the default category of most Christians. We talk about God's presence being inescapable and that he is everywhere present, but yet he wants to manifest his presence among us. As we were worshiping God today, um, I experienced God's presence here. Peace and, and just uh, him coming into this place and meeting us as we were giving ourselves over to worship and to exalt his name and worship him. How many of you experienced a sense of presence? Maybe you don't, maybe you experienced something. I'm not sure what that was. Well, that was the presence of God. And so the manifest presence of God is when he makes his presence known among us. Through worship, we can experience the, the made known or manifest presence of God. That's why you need to be worshiping, not just on a Sunday morning. I mean, I love listening to 89Q or Christian radio stations or, um, you know, my own little uh, set, you know, music or worship that I listen to. Uh, I love to saturate my life with the worship and the praise of God because immediately it brings me into his presence. It begins to affect my attitude. Maybe having a stinking attitude, put on some praise worship and just begin to worship God. And because when you worship God, there's something you need to do. The first thing you need to do is humble yourself. Because when you're in pride, you can't receive anything from God. But when you humble yourself, you can receive and experience and encounter Him. Amen? All right. So, Psalms 95.2. It says, let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. That's another way to come into His presence. Become, be, begin to thank Him for what He's done. You may be going through a difficult time. And sometimes, maybe you're having a financial situation and you just don't know how you're going to make it through. Begin to thank God as your provider and the one who's the supplier of all your needs. And as you begin to thank him and get into a place of worship, you can begin to experience his presence to minister peace. And, and, and somehow, the situation works out. Did you know that most of the things you worry about never happen? You're worried about a lot of things. Anxiety is at a high level in our culture today. Uh, people are worried about a lot of things and they're uh, stressed out, stressful, but yet when you get in his presence, something happens. And, and we need to be in his presence, especially in the culture and what we're facing in the world today. Because in his presence, you will be refreshed, so you'll be equipped uh, to go another day, amen. Um, some of you only come into his presence once a week when you come to church. Let it become a daily lifestyle for you. Psalms 100 verses 1 and 2, it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. And I can do that. I can make a joyful noise. You don't want to hear me sing. You know, you need to mute me when I sing. A couple of times I had my microphone on when I walked off the stage and the, during the closing song and I'm singing and everybody's like, where is that sound coming? 
So I can make a joyful noise. How about you? Okay. I wasn't called to do that. Other people are called and equipped. So thank God for those that can carry a tune. Amen. <laughs> if you feel a calling to the music ministry or the worship team, uh, hopefully you can carry a tune. Okay. All right. Otherwise, you can sing out here somewhere. I hope you're not mad at me. Anyway, um, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth, serve the Lord with gladness. Notice this. Come into his presence with singing. When we were in Canada, when Pastor was hospitalized, um, uh, she had just gone off the surgery, and I'm, I'm sitting in, in, in the room there, and I heard someone singing in, in the room next to me. And she was singing worship songs. And so I got up and I walked over there and she was just worshiping God. She just had this surgery and things had gone wrong with the surgery. Her husband was there. I introduced myself. I said, I'm a believer. I'm a pastor. Could I pray with you? Could I just worship with you? And we took a moment to worship God in that hospital facility. And the presence of God filled that room. You know, it's, it's amazing how we can bring the presence of God into a place when we begin to sing and worship Him. And Hebrews 4, and I want you to turn to Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, because we see an invitation to the throne of God. And, and I, wa I want you to see this. And there's a little bit of dialogue before this, before we get to verse 16. But in verse 14, it says, Since then... We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. That confession is our confession of faith as we speak God's word and, and put our faith and trust in him. Verse 15 goes on to say, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, he identifies with every aspect of our weakness. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. And he's able to meet you at your greatest point of need. It goes on to say, um, but, the, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. In other words, you're tempted, Jesus overcame that. And if he overcame that, you can overcome that when you encounter his presence, okay? Um, it goes on to say in verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is an invitation into the presence of God. It doesn't say come with your head down. It says come with confidence. You are invited to the very throne room of heaven. Now, it's, it's a spiritual concept, but... Um, a number of years ago, we were traveling the country looking at Bible colleges for our kids and, and just kind of getting the feel of, of, of uh, colleges around the nation. And we were in a chapel service at Bethany Church in Baton Rouge. And um, the Bible says young men see visions, old men dream dreams. So this was a few years ago. I was much younger then. Um, as we were worshiping God, the worship team was up there. This was a chapel service. And all of a sudden, the Lord gave me a vision. And I was like standing on a plane, and it was like a plane of glass. And it, as far as I, my eye could see, it was just a level plane. I didn't see any people. 
I didn't see everything around me. And I'm wondering, what am I seeing? It was, there's actually a vision. I saw it very plainly. I can remember it as accurately today as when it happened. And so suddenly I began to, to move on this plane and I saw this throne. And I realized this is the throne of God. And as I began to approach the throne of God, I was there individually uh, as a person. I'm, I'm standing before the presence of God and I actually got down on my knees and began to worship before the throne. And then in the vision, I closed my, closed my eyes, but then I opened my eyes and I realized there were people all around me at the throne. I closed my eyes in the vision, opened it up again, and then I was just me. And I realized, Lord, there's room at your throne for everyone. But when we're there, God can minister to us individually. And, and having that, my heart was so moved. And I had a revelation of what it meant to come before his throne. And the invitation we can clearly see is in Scripture. That you can come before the throne of grace. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy. Mercy is an expression of God's love that empowers us to overcome and find grace. God, grace is God's enabling power to help us through a situation of struggle and find grace to help in time of need. Um, the Bible gives us examples of how the presence of the Lord empowers his people to live for him. And one example is Moses. I want to talk about Moses here in a minute. Um, the Old Testament uh, talks about Moses in the book of Exodus, verse 30, uh, chapter 33, verses 14 and 15. It says, and he said, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. God's saying this to Moses. My presence will go with you. Now, I'm sure that was good for Moses because he had the task of taking about 2 million people through the wilderness to the promised land. I don't know if you're up for that task. I sure wouldn't be. And Moses was in a place, he said, Lord, I realize I can't do this unless your presence goes with me. And, he, and then Moses' response in verse 15 says, and he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. In other words, I'm not moving, Lord, unless your presence is with me. He wasn't about to take a step until he was assured and guaranteed of the presence of God. Moses would not venture any further into the wilderness without the assurance of God's presence. You know, I think about that. I, don't want, I want to live my life that way. I don't want to go to Africa, which we go to Africa, and do works, and um, uh, even studying the campus in, in Wisconsin Rapids. I don't want to do anything unless we have the assurance of God's presence. And, and we can and do. Amen? And do you need assurance of God's presence in your life? You know, think about it. You don't have to raise your hand or anything. You do. You need the assurance of God's presence in your life. Moses understood that God's presence among them set them apart from all other nations. The same is true for believers today. His presence will drive out fear and confusion. And there's a lot of fear and confusion in the day we're living in. Moses knew that it was impossible to fail if he had the guarantee of God's presence. We have the guarantee of God's presence. So that means it's impossible for us to fail to live out this life in Christ Jesus. Amen? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough statement. Now, and just because you fail, that doesn't mean you're done. 
because we've all failed, we've all missed it, we've all messed up. I love what it says in Proverbs. It says, a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. If you fall, you get up. Don't stay down. Don't throw in the towel. Get up and say, Lord, I, I messed up, but I'm going on with you. Amen. The worship team can come up at this time. And I want to share this verse in Hebrews. And let me just say this. No matter what battles or trials you face, you will always be able to find a quiet rest and confidence in him. Amen. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, the second part of, of, of verse 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's God's promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Is the Lord your helper? If you understand that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, then you can understand that he's your helper. Um, over the years, and we don't have time to cover it all, there's times I encountered the presence of God in my life that had a radical impact upon my life. In fact, if not for those encounters of God's presence, I would not stand, be standing before you today. I'd not be in the ministry and the calling that I'm serving in today without having an encounter with his presence. People today from my high school years, they still scratch their head and say, I can't believe you're a pastor. I said, yeah, I can't either. <laughs> but I am because of God's presence in my life. It made such a radical difference and change. I can remember one time I was living in Idaho I lived out there for about two and a half years in Mountain Home, Idaho. So I had a desire to climb a mountain. I'd never climbed a mountain in my life. So Mount Bennett was out there just about 20 miles uh, from Mountain Home. So I went to that mountain and I climbed to the top of that mountain. And it, it was really strange because just when I thought I was going to get to the top, I said, that's the top. I'd get there and there was another level. And so I'm going up and up and up and I finally get to the top of this mountain and I'm looking around the whole territory around me. And did you know that God's presence met me up there because I began to worship him? From the mountaintop, I experienced God's presence. Um, another time in Idaho, we went to a place called Devil's Hole. So you're in the middle of the desert, and then there's this ravine that goes deep down. And at the bottom of this ravine, there's an oasis, there's a lake, there's green vegetation. It's absolutely beautiful. The only way to get down there was on a motocross bike. And so you get down there, and we camped out that night in the open, you know, sky above us. But I'm getting off my motorcycle, and ready to step, and there's a rattlesnake coiled right there, and I almost put my foot right on top of him. I should have, but I went that way and threw the bike over. Um, but in that valley, when we were down there, I don't know why they call it Devil's Hole. And a pastor told me in Idaho, says because people have a devil of a time getting down there, okay? Anyway, uh, we have Devil's Lake in Wisconsin. It's a beautiful place. They need to change the name because I don't think we need to reclaim that for the kingdom, right? Um, but I can remember being in that valley looking up at the st uh, starlit sky and God's presence met me there. In the lowest valley, in the top of the mountain, God's presence was there. Times we stand here in worship, experience the presence of God. Um, it can be in my quiet time with the Lord, I experience his presence. Praying with people, corporately, individually, God's presence has filled the room where you don't even want to move because his presence is so heavy. See, 
the glory of God, when he, the glory of God shows up, it's a heavy weight. It's, his presence comes and manifests. And in that moment, things change. Your attitudes change. Your focus changes. You know, you might think this is hilarious, but I love to mow the lawn. I'm, mowing, I'm driving that lawnmower tractor, and I'm worshiping God, and His presence shows up. Now, I might miss a few uh, blades of grass. <laughs> no, but uh, God can meet you with His presence anywhere, at any time, in any moment. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. As we prepare to close this service, um, the worship team is going to sing a song. And when I step off the stage, I'm going to invite people to come to the front. If you need to be refreshed in God's presence, sometimes it's just taking that little step of faith, come out from your seat to stand in front and just surrender to God and open your heart to his presence to meet you in the time. Maybe you have a need. Maybe you have a challenge you're facing. God wants to meet you with his presence. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Matt, I'm uncertain where my life is at with God. Maybe you don't have a personal relationship with him. I was 17 years old when my older brother prayed with me to receive Jesus. And I can remember making that commitment to Christ as he was praying with me and as I was confessing Jesus as my Lord, God's presence showed up in Junction City on that dairy farm. And my life was changed. I'd never, before that, really could say I tangibly experienced God's manifest presence in my life. But that changed my life forever. After that day, I just wanted to serve Jesus. I didn't want anything to do with anything else in the world other than make Jesus my focus and to devote my life to him. Um, at this moment of time, just bow your heads, close your eyes. And I believe the Spirit of God is moving in this place. If this is your first time visiting here at Refuge, we like to invite people to pray a prayer that we call the Believer's Prayer. And it's simply a prayer to make a commitment of your life to Jesus that can initiate an intimate relationship with Him. Do you know Him? If you were to die today, do you have assurance that you'd go to heaven? Do you know with confidence that you're His child? Maybe there's doubts or questions that you have. Jesus wants to meet you. With every head bowed, nobody looking around, if you'd lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm uncertain that my life is right with God. And I'm ready today to surrender to Him to commit my life to him. If that's you, just slip up your hand so I can see it. Okay, I see that hand. Are there others? I see that hand. Thank you. There's others. You can put those hands down. Thank you. I want us all to stand at this time. Jesus said, if any man be in Christ, if any person be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things pass away and all things become new. When we believe that God sent Jesus to die in our place, and when we receive him and believe in him, he enters our life. He becomes part of us. I want you to pray this prayer with me, after me. Heavenly Father, 
I open my heart to you. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe he was raised from the dead to give me life. Therefore, I confess with my mouth Jesus as my Lord. And I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Now, as we begin this closing song, this song is called Nothing Else. Nothing else matters than being in his presence. So worship him and those that want to come to the front, uh, we welcome you up here at this time. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.